Okay, shalom. So we're going to be uh, doing this video now, um, not live. I wasn't able to give the class this week. Um, I'm actually away on a conference, so I'm in the hotel recording this class. So today's title is As Holy As Thou, Finding Our Holiness. So as you know, we always begin with a modern-day issue. What is the modern-day issue of this lecture? It is to understand the inner hunger of being which is never satisfied with anything less than its fullness of being. In other words, there seems to exist a black hole within our depths, which just cannot be saturated with any human achievement as moral, powerful, intellectual, emotional, financial, or even spiritual as the achievement will be. We'll get excited, we'll be happy, and very quickly, once again, we'll be hungry. We find our strive one striving to become ever so wealthy. Yep, that's when I'll be happy, when I'll be able to have all the money I need to get what I need, only to then be equally driven to living the life of a minimalist. I've seen it happen. Once he realizes that wealth did not bring him the state of nirvana and satisfaction that he is so desperately starving for. So what is it? The reason is because one cannot fulfill nor satisfy the hunger of our core beingness with anything of its own beingness. In other words, the core essence of our beingness is not of physical nor even of spiritual completion. Rather, the core essence of our beingness is the holiness of God. And thus, only when we become as holy as thou Will we truly achieve the absolute fulfillment of nirvana, of being saturated to the fullest contentment of our beingness? Anything less is not our true beingness and thus will not fulfill us or saturate that inner hunger. In this lecture, we are going to discover simultaneously both the depth and the practicality of connecting with and experiencing the holiness of thou within us. This lecture is based primarily on a mimer, a Hasidic discourse the Rebbe Blessed Memory delivered on this Shabbat in 1965, exploring the three levels of the verse comes from Isaiah. Many of you recognize it from synagogue and prayer when we say kadosh, 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 three times the word kadosh. What are those three levels and what do they mean to us in our service to God? Okay, let's go on to an introduction so we can understand what we're talking about. In this week's Torah portion, which is called Emor, we are told, and I'm going to quote you the verse over here, and I shall be sanctified within the midst of the children of Israel. I am God who sanctifies you. Okay. Now, this verse is actually connected with a verse from last week's Torah portion, which says, and I quote you again, for I am holy, and you shall sanctify yourselves, and you shall be holy. Now, the mystical meaning of the verse and I shall be sanctified within the midst of the children of Israel. What does that mean? It's talking to every Jew on an individual level. And that there will be the revelation of God's blessed holiness within the heart, the midst, within the heart of the Jew. That the heart of the Jew will be ablaze with a fiery yearning to ascend and be within the bosom of God. Thus, this first holiness speaks of the ascent from below to above. We want the heart of the Jew, the below, is yearning to go above into the bosom of God, to ascend there. 
Now, the second half of the verse says, I am God who sanctifies you, which refers to the sanctity that comes from above. I am God who sanctifies to below. It comes from above to below, you, which divides into two subcategories. Torah study sanctifies the internal dimension of the world and our being, and mitzvah observance, which we do with physical objects, sanctifies the external physicality of the world and our being. And thus, we have three levels of holiness, one from below to above, yearning from within our heart to ascend into the bosom of God, and two from above to below, Torah study and mitzvot observances. Okay, now I want to share with you an interesting parable that our sages give us in the Medrash about this. A parable, I'm going to read it to you. A parable of countrymen which made three crowns for the king. And what did the king do? He placed one on his own head and two upon the heads of his sons. This is what the verse states. And now the uh, Medrash quotes the verse. For I am holy and you shall sanctify yourself and you shall be holy. Okay. Now you see over there three times, right? I am holy and you shall sanctify yourselves and you shall be holy. So the way the Medrash is explaining it, this is the way I, it's been explained. There are other explanations, but who are the countrymen? The countrymen refers to the angels, celestial. They're the countrymen of God, so to speak. The king refers to God and his sons. This refers to the children of Israel. Now, in the teaching, it is clear that the crown that the king puts on his own head is the verse, for I am holy. While the two crowns that the king puts on his son's heads are the, you shall be holy, and you shall sanctify yourselves, and you shall be holy. However, in another teaching, it says differently. The three crowns are listed as, the one the king placed on his own head is, you shall be holy, while the two crowns that the king placed on his son's heads are, and you shall sanctify yourselves, and you shall be holy. So there's different verses. I will clarify it as we go along, but I just wanted to point out the difference. This is the difference. In the first verse, for I am holy counts as one crown, and you shall be holy counts as one of the two crowns the king placed on his own head, on his son's heads. And the second crown the king placed on his son's head is, and you shall sanctify yourselves and you shall be holy. So, and you shall sanctify yourselves and you shall be holy is counted according to this opinion as one. So for I am holy is the one that God put on his own head. You shall be holy. And the verse, and you shall sanctify yourselves and you shall be holy, is the two that God placed on his son's head. Okay. Now, in the second opinion, the verse for I am holy doesn't count. The verse, and you shall be holy, is the crown that God placed on his own head. And the verse, and you shall sanctify yourselves and you shall be holy, are the two crowns that the king placed on the heads of his sons. Now, for right now, this is all semantic because they both agree there's three crowns. They both agree that one God placed on his own head, whatever that means, and two he placed on our heads. That's right now the way it stands. However, we're going to soon see that it's far beyond just semantics, and it's so practical in the difference it means to us. So why is there an argument of whether the verse for I am holy counts as the crown that the king placed on his own head or not? Why? 
Now, one more thing. On the verse for I am holy, our sages teach, and this is very interesting, Yachal Kamoni, you may think that you can be as holy as me. That's God saying. Thus, the verse states, for I am holy. My holiness is greater than yours. Okay? Thus, on this teaching, there are two antithetical teachings in Hasidus. The word Yochel Kamoni, you saw, I sang it. I sang it like a question mark. Yochel Kamoni? So, the first teaching is that it's wondrous. It's not understandable. For how could one ever think that his own holiness is as great as God's holiness? It's a question, but with an exclamation mark, question mark. The second teaching is, being that there is no question marks punctuations in the teachings and writings of our sages, thus this teaching should be read as a statement and not as a question. Yochal Kamoni, you can be as holy as me. Wow. Two opposite teachings upon this very same verse. What lay behind these two opinions, and especially so according to the second opinion? Like there's an opinion here that we can be as holy as God. What is that supposed to mean? Okay, and now let's start the lecture. First, we start off with a list of mystical concepts. There are three mystical concepts that we're going to talk about. Number one, holiness is a crown. Number two, teshuvah, which means repentance, Torah, and mitzvot, three crowns. And the last thing we're going to discuss is understanding the two opinions, which I just quoted to you. A is, for I am holy, is it counted as a crown or not? And B is the words, Yochel Kamoni, you may as me, is that a question mark? You think you can be as holy as me? Absolutely not. Or is it a statement, you can be as holy as me? Okay, let's start. Holiness is a crown. Okay, let us take a moment to understand why is holiness referred to as a crown and which three crowns are we speaking of? In our last lecture, and I have a link in the notes, we explained that the definition of the word kadosh, holy, means separated, which when speaking of God, we are referring to the infinite light that is above and beyond the capacity of the universe and thus can only encompass and not permeate the universe. This is the spiritual definition of a crown. It's not within, digested. It's above and around, surrounds the head. Now, the three crowns that we're talking about, I'm going to mention Kabbalistic levels. The crown above the emanation of wisdom, which is the first and highest of the emanations. The second crown is the crown above small faces. That's what it's called in Kabbalah, small faces, because emotions are considered small compared to intellect. This refers to the six male emotions. And the third crown is the crown above kingship, the tenth and final of the ten emanations, which refers to the feminine mystique. However, these crowns are divided into two categories. Why? For the small faces, the six male emotions, and kingship, the feminine emotion, are within the linear light. They're already part of the system, part of the spiritual evolution of creation. And thus, only the crown above wisdom is truly separated and above and beyond the entire linear light, which permeates and is internalized by the universe. Nevertheless, the latter two crowns are also called crowns. Well, one second, if they're linear, they don't surround, they don't encompass, they permeate. So the answer is that according to Kabbalah, 
all crowns have a direct link to each other. And thus, the first crown, which is truly above and beyond the entire linear light system from which the world was created, that crown also connects and reflects into the lower two crowns. So even though the lower two crowns are within the grasp of creation, nevertheless, it also has a reflection of the highest crown. Now, this all sounds Kabbalistic, and that's the way we start the class. But now everything will start making beautiful sense. Let's talk about the second concept. Teshuva, repentance, returning. Torah, Torah study, and mitzvot, the observance of the 613 commandments. Now, how are these three levels of holiness experienced? In other words, through which services do we draw and connect with them? Everything that we experience is because we do service to God, and that service to God initiates and creates things that is drawn down to us. Thus, our experience of spirituality is through the observance of mitzvot. So what is going on with these three crowns? So we explained earlier that the service of the first crown is the intense yearning within the midst of the children of Israel, within the heart of the Jew. Now, what causes that yearning? Well, the reason is because according to Kabbalah, the finite world was created from the finite linear light, which is just a ray and reflection of the true circular infinite light. Now, when we start appreciating that all the spirituality that we absorb in our life, the godliness we find within the universe, within nature, is just a pale reflection of a ray of the infinite light. The next thing that happens is, is oh my God, why do I want to be here? I want to get into the bosom of God. I want to be in the true infinite light, not in some pale reflection of a ray. And thus we start feeling that all our spirituality is but naught in compared to where we truly come from. And thus we want to be back within the bosom of God. Because all of a sudden we realize that all the spirituality we experience is a degradation. We want to go back home. Now, when we talk about that, we understand that the yearning for the circular light in its very serious way is elusive because we can never digest it. We can just be encompassed by it. And thus, this is a crown which stands above and beyond and separated. Now, we understand, we talk about seeing that the spirituality that we can connect with in this world is but a pale reflection of a ray of the infinite light. Who sees that? Not you and I. This is seen by the righteous. These are seen by the people who their sustenance isn't physical. They truly live a spiritual life. They don't live from the food just. They live from the godly spark within the food. Their eyes see what the naked eye of us regular beings don't see. So that means that this service of the first crown is only for the righteous. Only they get to see that we're living off a pale reflection, and thus only they get to have this intense yearning. I want to go higher and higher. I want to leave the physical encasement. I want to leave the universe. I want to leave the linear emanations. I want to go back into the circular, infinite light of God. What's about the rest of us? So there's also another way to explain the definition of that first crown. 
And this is the way of the Baal Teshuva. Let us understand. Our sages say in the Talmud that the place, and I quote to you, at the place where the Baal Teshuva stand, even the righteous cannot stand. So there's the Bali Teshuva, those who have sinned and do Teshuva, they do repentance, and they end up staying, standing on such a plane of heights where even the righteous cannot stand. Not just that they don't stand, they can't. It's not even within their capacity. Now, what does this mean? So let's understand it. The Torah in itself is the defined will and wisdom of God. It has a very clear boundary of that which is pure, impure, obligatory, permissible, prohibited, right and wrong. Now, when you, when you, you, when one transgresses and desecrates those sacred boundaries and crosses over, then the Torah itself cannot reach out to this person and help this person. How can the defined will of God go ahead and mend itself and offer the sinner to be able to do teshuva? Thus, that doesn't come from the wisdom and the will of God. Rather, to be able to do teshuva, we have to find our connection with the master of the will, the master of the wisdom, and the author of the book, the author of the Torah. Because once we descend into the will, once we descend into the wisdom, once we're living within the book, the book is our guidelines. And once we desecrate that, we cannot be helped from it. But if we can ascend and find a deeper connection and connect with the master of the will, then what happens is we're connecting to the essence, not the defined will. From the essence, the master of the will, the author of the book, will has no definition. It could go anyway. Gefilte fish could have been non-kosher and lobster could have been kosher. In the master of the will, anything can go. There is no defined right and wrong. The defined right and wrong was created by the will of God. Thus, when we find the inner depths and we stand before God, the master of the will, then we have the power to mend that which we desecrated within the will, within the wisdom. Thus, what we're saying here is that the average tzaddik lives within the wisdom and the will of God. However, the Balteshuva is forced to dig deeper and live within the essence, the master of the will, the master of the wisdom, and to live within the author of the Torah. Now, the power of the master of the will is not only can we correct our past sins, but we can actually transform our past sins into mitzvot. Wow, how does that work? The way that works is because the whole purpose of a mitzvah, the deeper meaning of the word mitzvah is from the word tzafzaf achibur. It makes a connection to God. So let's think for a moment. For this Baal Teshuva, this returnee, the very sin that he did was the impetus which caused him to reach out to God to be able to be forgiven. Thus, all of a sudden, that sin becomes the drive of a connection to God. 
Thus the Torah can't turn a sin into a mitzvah, but the master of the will, which is all about connection, he can say, oh wow, this sin is the reason that my child is connecting with me. Thus ultimately let's transform this sin into a mitzvah because it has accomplished what a mitzvah was meant to accomplish. That can only happen in the master of the will. That can only happen in the master of the wisdom. That can only happen in the author of the book, not within the book. Within the book, a sin is a sin and a mitzvah is a mitzvah. And now we can understand. The first crown as it's experienced for the tzaddik and the balteshuva are very different. Even more so, the effect of the first crown on the head of the king with the latter two crowns on the heads of the king's sons are different for the Batsadik and for the Balteshuva. Let's see. Our, sage, our sages and ethics of our fathers say, beautiful is one moment of Teshuva and good deeds. And it goes on to speak that it's even more beautiful and greater than paradise. Now the mystical interpretation of these words, beautiful is one moment of Teshuva and good deeds, is as follows. Read it that it is Teshuva that makes good deeds beautiful. Total different meaning. It is Teshuva, it is repentance, it is the returning that makes us when our mitzvahs that we do to become beautiful. Now, what does that mean? We can now understand it. For without Teshuva, Torah and mitzvot are just defined wisdom and will of God. However, with Teshuva, Torah and mitzvot are now imbued with the master of the will and the author of the Torah. Teshuva, we said, draws the essence connection that the Jew has with God into the defined Torah and mitzvot connection that the Jew has with God. Thus the Baal Teshuva gives the Torah and mitzvot something that the Torah and mitzvot does not even have on its own. Because the Torah and mitzvot on its own is only a defined wisdom and will of God, which draws the boundaries according to God's defined definition, pure, impure, good, wrong, bad. That's all defined. But to bring the author, the essence within his book, that's done through teshuva. Now we understand why we say that what makes good deeds beautiful, teshuva makes it good, beautiful. Teshuva makes it not just the defined will, but the master of the will. Now we can understand the two opinions. Let's see. The two opinions we said was whether Yachal Kemoni, you may think that you can be as holy as me, is a question. And for I, God, am holy, is not counted as the first crown. Or the other opinion, Yachal Kemoni, a statement. You can be as holy as me. And for I, God, am holy, is counted as the first crown, which the king placed on his own head. Now let's understand it. When we are speaking of the three crowns, as they are in the life and service of the tzaddik, then for I, God, essence, am holy, is not counted as one of the three crowns. Why? Because Yochel Kamoni, you want to be as holy as me? That's a question. That's a wondrous question. How could one whose holiness is the defined wisdom and defined will 
and the book of God be as holy as the master of the will, the master of the wisdom, and the author of the book. Thus, it cannot be one of the crowns. It's not within the realm and the grasp of the service of holy, holy, holy that the tzaddik can do. And now take it a step further. The word question, tamua, is also translated as wondrous. Now, wondrous can mean, wow, how can you even think such a thing? That's wondrous. The second thing it could be, as when we talk about the seven nature wonders, the seven wonders of nature in the world, we talk about it as, wow, it's beyond our scope of understanding how that was brought about, how did it happen? So the definition of the word wondrous also means it is above and beyond my capacity. Now we understand. When the tzaddik says, Yachal Kamoni, you think you could be as holy as me, it's wondrous. What does that mean, wondrous? That means the holiness of God is above and beyond my capacity. If the capacity of a tzaddik is Torah and mitzvot, the wisdom of God and the will of God, so the master of the will, the master of the wisdom, the author of the book is wondrous. I can't wrap my head around it. Thus, for him, the for I am God, I'm holy, which is wondrous out of the scene, is not one of the crowns, and it can't be as part of the service of a tzaddik when he says, holy, holy, holy. Now, let's talk about the Balteshuva, the returnee, the person who does repentance. Now, in the life and service of a Balteshuva, for I, God, am holy, is counted as one of the three counts. Why? Because Yachal Kamoni, you can be as holy as me, is not a question. It's a statement. It's not wondrous. It's within our grasp. Why? How could it be that for the Balteshuva, the returnee, the one who has sinned and has come back, how can it be that for him, he can be as holy as thou, something that even the tzaddik can't do? Now the answer is because the Baal Teshuva, how does he do Teshuva? He has to dig deep within himself, beyond his faculties of intellect, emotion, will. He has to find that core essence being of a son to a father. He has to beg God for teshuva. When we sin and we do teshuva, we beg God as a son to a father who even when the son sins is still the father's son and the father is still his father. And thus the Balteshuva does not speak of the wisdom of God, the will of God. He speaks of the essence of God. God, you are my father. I know I betrayed you, but you're still my father. I'm still your son. Please let me come back home. Thus, for the, for the Baal Teshuvah, this concept of the essence of God is not something separated from his life. He depends upon it and he lives with it. I know that God is forgiving me for my past sins because he is my father and I am his son and we have an essence connection. Thus, for him, the words Yochel Kamoni, for I, you may think that I am as holy as thou. That's a statement. Because I live with that essence connection that I am his son and he is my father. And thus, this is part of the service of holy, holy, holy. There's a service of holy to do teshuva, 
to find the inner depths where I am the essence son of my essence father. And thus, no matter what I do, I'm still connected. And my father will always embrace me and allow me to come back home. That's the power of the teshuva. And then there's the next two holies, which are affected by it. Remember? Beautiful does tshuva make the good deeds. The other two crowns of Torah study and mitzvah observance, where they're imbued by that feeling that I am God's son and God is my father, becomes tremendous. There's a total transformation. So now we understand the difference between the two opinions. The one that says, you cannot be as holy as thou, is talking about the righteous. For the righteous live within the defined wisdom and will of God. Thus, they don't have as holy as thou, which is the master of the will, the master of the wisdom, the author of the Holy Torah book. While the Baal Teshuva, for him, he has to live as holy as thou. He can't live no more with the Torah that he desecrated. He has to mend his mistakes in the past before he can continue living with the Torah. And thus he has to reach into the essence crown. He has to reach into God being his father and he being his son. Now let's continue. And now in closing, we can return to our modern day issue and understand the inner hunger of being, which is never satisfied with anything less than its fullness of being. However, in order to understand this truly, we must first explore one more query about the Balteshuva and his first crown, which is an essence crown. Here's a big question here, because in the parable, the Medrash clearly said that the first crown, the king put on his own head, not on his son's head. But the way we just explained it, the way it reflects in the life of Balteshuva, we just said that for the Balteshuva, the essence crown, for I, God, essence, I'm holy, is a statement. It's part and parcel of the Yochel Kamoni. You can be as holy as thou. Thus, we're saying that the Balteshuva is as holy as thou. He lives with that. He lives with his son-father connection with God, which means that he has the crown on his own head. That's not what the Medrash said. Our sages say that the first crown God doesn't put on our head. He puts it on his own head. So what are we saying here? In order to understand this, we're going to have to reflect on two things that we learned just now in this class about the Baal Teshuva. Number one, the Baal Teshuva connects with the peace of God essence within him, known as the indestructible Pentaliyid. How does the Baal Teshuva trans? send beyond Torah and mitzvot in order to be able to do teshuvah. The Torah and mitzvot he desecrated. He can't use the Torah and mitzvot to fix itself. Thus, he has to turn to transcend beyond the Torah and the mitzvot, beyond the wisdom, beyond the will, into the essence will, right? The essence of God, the master of the will, the master of the wisdom. How does he do that? And the answer is the only way that the Baal Teshuva can do that. If you remember, we spoke about digging deeper. It's no more about rationale. It's no more about emotions. It's no more about what I want and what I don't want. All of that has gone awry. I've destroyed that by using it to do sins. Rather, I need to find within me the pintalayid. In Spanish, it's called el chispa de judio, the spark 
that peace of God within me, the essence of my soul. Another thing that we said was that once the Baal Teshuvah does Teshuvah, Teshuvah brings beauty, a total transformation into the good deeds. Now, what does that mean? That means on the one hand, the Baal Teshuvah's connection with the essence crown is not of his own, but of the, let's quote it, peace of God essence within him. Therefore, when the essence crown is on the head of the Balteshuva, it's on the head of the peace of God's essence within him. And thus, in actuality, it is on the head of the king himself. Because the only way it's on the Balteshuva, the son, is only when he finds the peace of father within him. It's on the peace of father within him that the, this crown lies. Thus, in essence, this crown lies on the head of the king including the way it is, within his son. On the other hand, we're saying that this does not remain abstract and wondrous. Rather, this has to transform everything he does. When a Teshuva prays, when a Teshuva makes a blessing over food, when a Teshuva goes ahead and does an act of kindness and is driven by the fact God is my father and I am his son and he has allowed me to come back home because we are essence one. Then his Torah study, his prayer, his blessings, his acts of goodness and kindness are transformed into a different living dimension. Now we can understand how the inner hunger works. Why is it that so many of us strive to do with just, okay, maybe when I become rich, maybe when I become powerful, maybe then I'll be nirvana. I'm finally at fulfillment. And we only get there to find out, oops, it's empty still. I'm still hungry. Well, let's try the other side. Let's live as a minimalist. Let's go ahead and live outside. Let's be humble. Let's do everything else. And then we find that being a minimalist doesn't work. So what is that inner hunger? We now understand. Because the core essence of who we are is a pintalayid. The core essence of who we are is a piece of essence of our Father in heaven. That's who I am. That lies at the center of my being. And thus anything I do of human achievements, anything I do which is just a defined ray of light of divinity, will never saturate who I am. The only way that we can ever be saturated, the only way our inner hunger can finally calm down is when we connect with that peace of Father within the son and the daughter. When we connect to the peace of God within us and we function and do all our doings through that. In other words, it's only when we connect with our beingness and we take our beingness into our doingness that we finally feel saturated. We finally feel at peace. I am who I am. So much so that what I do is totally imbued with the soul of who I am. Thank you.